Hello, welcome to another edition of the Team Building Show for Canadians. I'm your host here, Sandy McKay, and here at the Team Building Show, it's our mission to create high-level conversations and give you actionable concepts for you to go and implement in your real estate business right away. And before we get rolling, quick reminder, go over to our website, teambuildingshow.ca. You can subscribe there to our list so you never miss a show. You get access to all of our other content that we're sharing and, uh, and access to a whole bunch of other stuff as we grow this thing. Um, go check out our Facebook page if you're listening and not watching. Then make sure you check out our Facebook page, Team Building Show for Canadians. You can uh, watch every episode there live and not have to wait for the audio. Uh, you can go subscribe on YouTube as well and get every episode live. Um, or just subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode that way as well. Uh, or wherever else you're listening to this because we're all over all the podcast platforms and Facebook and YouTube. Um Awesome show we got here today. I'm pretty excited. We're going to share a little bit more about uh, what we do with our team. Uh, I've got both Spencer here standing by, and Bo is uh, Bo is uh, what's your title now? I guess you're the chief operating off chief off for COO, chief operating officer, amongst a few other things that you're you're doing currently. Um, but you've got a big long history with uh, the industry, with with us here with McKay Reels Network and other things. So why don't you share a bit about your uh, background? Yeah, thanks, Sandy. Thanks for having me on. Obviously, uh, great to uh, talk about our team. Um, I've been in the industry uh, going on 13 years, um, kind of ups and downs of part-time uh, filling in. I've had a construction company in the back, uh, in the background, and then obviously uh, as uh, things got busier in, in real estate, uh, I dedicated my time to, to creating, um, you know, a team and obviously a, a database of, of people that uh, obviously I wanted to work with uh, for years to come. So um, in saying that, uh, I've gone from being an agent agent on a team, I've gone from being a, a single agent, I've created my own team, upwards of seven agents and two admin staff at one time. And then obviously, uh, you know, you and I working uh, alongside each other kind of for the last six years in regards to uh, individuals and you starting your team and uh, myself starting my team. So I've kind of seen uh, the growth of MRN and where you guys uh um, you know, kind of came from and started and, and to where we are today. And I think o- over the last uh, two years, uh, joining MRN in uh, 2019, uh, start of 2019, I believe. Um, yeah, uh, kind of being a guinea pig for expansion with MRN and then uh, taking on my current role, uh, Chief Operating Officer, COO, Director of Operations. Um, I kind of uh, fill the void in kind of, uh, you know, the day-to-day activities at MRN and obviously with your activities, um, you know, growing a brokerage and uh, help growing the team and podcasts, et cetera, and kind of be in the face of what I call the franchise. Um, I kind of uh, behind the scenes, uh, take care of day-to-day activities and and kind of hold people accountable and kind of implement systems that uh, you and I uh, want to see for um, now the future and the vision of uh, where MRN goes. So um, in a nutshell, uh, that's kind of uh, w- what I do and, and oversee and uh, kind of enjoy being uh, more of a team builder, mentor, coach, uh, that sort of thing in the background. Awesome. Yeah. So lots of uh, lots of stuff we'll touch on, lots of failures and successes along the way and uh, <clears throat> lots of stuff we can go go uh, down uh, on this show. So should be fun. Um, and uh, if anyone's listening or watching, they want to ask us some questions in the chat box, feel free um we are here to answer and help you out so um what what does so today what why don't we give some people background on, on our team mrn i'll, I'll kind of share a bit about that too because uh some of it's been with you some of it a little bit before you too so um i mean we started the team back uh we're four and a half years ago now 
uh, early 2014. And we uh, obviously, you know, we were on a team together actually before that. And so we both kind of knew each other back before uh, we went our separate ways for a bit. And um, MRN kind of started uh, when I launched it there four and a half years ago with uh, myself and then obviously grew to different, uh, you know, different styles of teams along the way over the past four and a half years. But we've had, um, we've had uh, agents come and go, we've had admin come and go, we've had different forms of admin roles and what those have looked like and different departments that we've built out. Um, and then, like you said, their last, uh, what it would be two, almost a little right around two years, I guess that we've been in, in business together uh, with MRN and, um, and now we have, uh, what do we have now? What does our team look like? We have a lot of people now, obviously. Um, yeah, we're just just uh, under 20 agents. Uh, we have seven uh, full-time admin staff, uh, two more hired uh, for January 4th, um, bring us to nine. Um, and then uh, we have six uh, inside sales uh, OSA um, related uh, people on our team that uh, fill out those roles. So we're up. 30 30-ish employees slash uh, people that work within the team yeah a lot of people a lot of uh, a lot of uh, systems a lot of models to follow i think um you know part of it was uh was following a right a model that, that's worked and, and i think keller williams has helped us with that for sure uh also just sharing and growing with other teams right i think we've done a lot of that to help us go pretty fast a lot of people seem to think that we're growing really fast you know only starting four and a half years ago which it is fast. I mean, we did, we'll do 300, just short of 300 transactions in 2020. Um, three, just probably actually right around 3 million, maybe a little over 3 million in gross uh, commissions. And 100 and uh, I think we're at 100 and close to 150 million in volume, I think. Maybe just shy of that. And, um, you know, that doesn't that doesn't happen with one person or, or a few people. That, that takes a, a whole team. And and we've certainly uh, uh, had ups and downs building it, but we've got some pretty good rolling now. We also, I'm not sure if you mentioned, we got three, um, three or four actually almost expansion partners uh, in different areas. So we're servicing some different communities now too. So uh, what does that look like? What does the expansion model look like? Because we have a, a bit of that happening in this past year that we've uh, that we've kind of fine tuned. Yeah, obviously, when I, you know, you and I obviously got together and started uh, expansion for for MRN, and I was kind of the guinea pig and kind of role role modeling that model. Uh, you know, it was kind of, hey, where do we fit in, and where are the gaps? And obviously, um, when you have a team within uh, one roof, and uh, you know, you're growing, and and it's really easy to to kind of feed and see and and talk to, to people within the team on, you know, hey, where the the shortfalls and pitfalls of, of what we're doing. And, and as you grow to expansion, um, obviously that model is um, we have a, a Hamilton hub, all our, all our um, services, et cetera, that we uh, support um, for the, for the teams and for our agents are in Hamilton and under one roof. So our ISA and communications department, our transaction coordination, our client care and our agent services uh, are all fed from one hub. And then obviously uh, agents, for instance, in London, Niagara, Barrie, Kitchener, um, all use that one hub. So our out outbound calls, our client care, if uh, somebody uh, in London, for instance, gets a listing, um, everything is organized from our hub in Hamilton. So it's huge support um, network for, for teams. Obviously we have a, a single agents that have had uh, huge success as being a solo agent, uh, looking at uh, growth and, you know, hey, how do I start a team and how do I go about that? Um, Expansion is basically just that. Um, we supply and, and 
provide all the systems and support needed to make sure that a team can grow, whether it's agents, uh, whether they want outbound calls, whether it's client care, whether that's gifts, whether it's organizing photography and photos, um, everything to do with listings, um, all that's done for them. So what the agent can actually do is just go out and do what they do best and that's list and sell homes um, without having to worry about administrative work um, for the most part. I mean, obviously they submit paperwork to our transaction team, um, but from that point on, uh, everything is, is kind of a system in place that's all taken care of. So uh, contact to, to close, um, the whole system has been, been delegated and taken care of within our, uh, with our, within our help network and support system of administrative staff. So um, that's the biggest reason why people look to join and, and join a big team like ours. Um, like I said, uh, agents with 40 plus deals as solo agents um, coming in and saying, hey, I, I kind of agree with what you guys are doing. And uh, we look and we see um, the systems and the value that, that MRN will offer um, rather than go out and start those systems and do it all themselves, cost, pitfalls, um, you know people will look and see that, you know what, it's not an easy thing to do. And a lot of that is time and a lot of it is money. And uh, in order for them to do that themselves, it's way easier for longevity to come and join a team like ours. And you touched on the uh, value of a team. And I think that's something that a lot of people, maybe if they're just starting out building a team or thinking about it and uh, or, or in the early stages of growing one, that people struggle with is, is actually providing value, providing clarity on what the value is to people. I know, you know, and, and you got a good perspective on it cause you've built your own version of a team. You've been on a team now with our team. Uh, you've seen different versions of, of a value or, or, a, a, you know, a reason that people would want to join a team realtors mainly I'm talking about <clears throat> and what that looks like. So how do you go about thinking about a value for an agent joining a team? Like what is the actual value in an agent joining a, a small or a big team? I, th I think it always comes down to the agent's big why and, and what their actual goals are. Um, if, a, if an agent comes in and uh, time is really important to them, they, they may be working their butt off and um, selling 40 to 60 homes. That means they're out every single night late um, doing transactions. In the morning, they're, they're doing a ton of paperwork. They're facilitating all that themselves. Um, then you got to look at marketing and social media. Uh, and then going out and trying to solicit new new clients, etc. So, um, for 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 the agents, that time is 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 key to them. Um, that's the administrative support um, for agents that look for long term growth on financial side. Um, I would say, you know what, they can do more with less. So uh, when I say that, um, somebody that uh, comes in and they're doing forty transactions, and now they want to get to 60, 80 transactions to double their business. How do they get there? And a lot of it is, hey, listen, I need leverage. Um, leverage is probably key for their financial success. And that comes with, um, you know, hey, client care and somebody that's there that's organizing all their photography, like I said, and uh, organizing all their feature sheets, everything else that has to do behind the scenes real estate. They're just going out and they can knock on a door, set an appointment and go in and close deals. Um, that can allow them to get from 40 transactions to 80 transactions on their own and obviously grow their gross commission income. Um, so normally we see those two things from uh, where agents want to leverage and where they want team support. And so if you were uh, going back now in time and starting your own team again, let's say, and you were thinking about what you would focus on, like in the very early stages of it, what would be the 
the really main things you look to do if you were looking to you know attract agents i think from an administrative side a lot of agents come in and they've got a type personalities they they want to go they want to you know, the, kind of the sales kind of mentality and, and hey, I wanna, I wanna network, I wanna be in front of people, I wanna do this. What they're really not good at is paperwork. Um, and in real estate, there's a ton of paperwork on every, anyone who's ever sold a home uh, knows that there's a, a ton of paperwork and signatures, et cetera, that need to be done. Um, the biggest thing for me in, in, say, in seeing that and when I go back is, hey, if I want to grow, a lot of time it's administrative help. So from the administrative side, I would say that's the biggest key factor in in uh, when agents look at, hey, what's their top 20% and what they're not good at. Normally it falls on on paperwork and and kind of those every day-to-day tasks, whether it be, you know, having to set your own advertising for social media or uh, just getting paperwork facilitated and getting into the office to make the transaction happen. Um, Biggest thing, I guess, when you look at these teams that uh, from an administrative side, it's like I, I remember when I first started uh, and you probably gone through the same. I think many teams that when they're first starting, it's like, Sandy, I think I found the perfect assistant. Uh, he or she's going to be amazing. And when I when, when we get there and we get into two, week two, week three, we realize like this has been a terrible hire. They're, they may be good at some things, but they're not great at a lot of things. And in real estate, um, we really want them to run and problem solve and and kind of take care of all those tasks because I can't teach somebody how to do administrative things if I'm not good at it. Um, and obviously, and then we kind of circle back to, hey, where's that look for value for joining a team and being on a team? We, we've gone through that. We've gone through hires and fires and uh, we've had really okay people and, and, and we've had to let go of people because they haven't been great. Um, and then literally it's coming down to, Hey, what's that time and process like, um, to go through. And sometimes it's months before you find the right person. And I know when I first started, I I went through like five or six admins in the first two years, um, until I found the right one. I mean, that was, that was, you know, how much time money, et cetera, is that going through each one of those, um, trying to, trying to leverage, right? And so I think too, there's not the right, uh, there's the right one for you. <clears throat> there's not necessarily a right one, like, or a right fit for just generically, right? I think it's, everyone's got different needs and different uh, personality styles and everything. And it's often doesn't fit, you know, one person could be amazing for you, but terrible working with me for whatever reasons, right? We're not complimenting each other in the right way. So I think, I think a lot of um, self-assessment or self-awareness is pretty good actually and, and key around that. Cause knowing what you're, flaws are or where your needs are and um and not just going with the hey this other guy on, on this team says they i need this and i'm just going to copy what they're doing to a point that works there, yeah. there's I, a lot I, of I cases, but i remember sitting in our office and just being like you know finally like this one's it like this is it right and it's been like we've you know gone through four administrative staff and then finally it's like no no this one gets it right like uh you know a, a couple that i've hired is just literally been that where it's like you know what i i feel it right you feel like i don't have to tell them what to do they go and find the answers um they come up with systems that i wouldn't even think of myself and because of maybe they've talked to another team or they're involved in a group on facebook for uh, admin staff within real estate um they're proactive in getting things done and and then you just know it's like hey what a hire right and and for us, like I think for for those agents out there that are looking, hey, I want to start to grow my team or I'm looking to join a team. 
I think that would, I, I don't know, you probably agree, like hiring talent is probably one of the biggest keys to, to running a, a successful team because uh, like you, we talk a lot about leverage, um, you know, for, for myself, um, there's a ton of operations that go on and it looks like, yeah, you, you and I may be the mainstay on, on what the, you know, what the cog is that keeps the team running. But generally, it's not. It's the, it's the people we hire, right? I mean, uh, our client care representative, um, Kristen, for instance, um, I don't think we could replace her, really. I mean, she does everything on her own. She gets everything done. You ask to do something, it's completed. She comes up with great ideas. She implements the ideas. Um, she gets our agents excited about, hey, this is new for client care, um, uh, customer gifts, et cetera. We come up with kind of new ideas for uh, team events. That's just one example uh, within an administrative team um, of somebody that just kind of keeps the cog of the team going um, without me having to really, you know, harp down, hey, this is what I want you to do. Okay, tomorrow, this is what we're going to do. We put the right people in place and they run with their ideas and that's why we hire them. I think that's uh, uh, something too that's uh, I feel like we've done a good job of over the years and helped us grow pretty fast is that you you do and you don't get it right every time but hiring the right people is huge um, there's you know learning and grow and getting a model around that by the way huge how to how to do that it, it doesn't come like it doesn't come naturally necessarily for any of us um, most people that get into real estate and start a team have never hired anyone before <clears throat> so you, sh- you you aren't going to be an expert at it unless you've done it a lot or taking a lot of training and courses on it. So obviously learning about that and developing yourself to be better at that is, is huge. Um, but then once you get them in too, and they're, and they are the right person, you know, they're almost building their own business within a business, right? Like they're building their, uh, administrative team or they're building their department within that administrative team as it, as it grows, you know, every department's kind of its own business, you know, it's its own group, it's its own pod, it's its own, whatever you want to think of it. And uh, when you start out too, it's your 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 one admin, the, the whole admin scope of of uh, of the business is that one person's thing, and you kind of need to let them go do their thing. They need to be super resourceful because you're not gonna ideally, if you were starting out and it's just you and an admin person, you know, you're out there in the field doing doing sales presentations, meeting with clients, uh, you know, networking, all that sort of stuff. They got to be in the back end running the whole show right so yeah you can't be there sitting beside them every day so you need help you need that's where i love keller williams for that is you get so much support around that and, and people they can connect with and be resourceful with and and share right i think but they need to be resourceful that's one of the biggest words i would say is is trying to figure it out finding ways to figure it out on their own yeah i think that you know looking at the reverse side of that i think that's probably the biggest pitfalls of teams that that start to grow is um, you know, kind of be over micromanaged or need their thumb on the pulse or it needs to be my way or this, you know, this is the way things are going to run. I think that's probably one of the biggest things I learned and, and maybe yourself as well is that, you know what, when you hire the right people and you put them in place and you kind of give them the structure of the way you want things for the vision of, of the team and uh, of their of, of their model of, of whether it's client care or uh, an ISA team, um, you just let them run with it and stay out of their way. Um, I find the more that you kind of want it to be done your way or the highway sort of thing, it's, those are the agents that, you know what, they're failing because they're losing good people because the people they've hired that are kind of specialist in that area, 
um, don't want to work for somebody that generally wants to tell them what to do all the time. Um, it's, it's setting the vision and allowing that person to run with it. And sure, sometimes you got to have some sort of accountability to set them back on stride. Um, but for the most part, um, just giving them full access to, Hey, this is your baby run with it. Right. And they're going to screw it up at times in that case, because, or, or do things differently than you might want them to, but it's, uh, it's, they have, it's their baby at that point, right? If they build it out, then they're responsible for it. They take ownership of it. That's a lot more There's uh, loyalty comes with that, right? They get, they get bought into helping that grow and, and, and it's a, it's their own thing. They've had their own impact on it and they're a lot more bought in at that point too. So it creates a great culture by letting them to an extent, at least have pretty much free will with, with running that. And, um, and it frees you up to go do what you should be doing as an agent going and driving business. Yeah. And empowering is probably a pretty big word there and, and just empowering them to, Hey, give them guidance, but allow them to run, um, with, with their ideas and, and obviously implement systems. And like you said, they're going to fail. Um, they're going to own it. They'll, they'll own it more, um, with allowing them to go through with their ideas than, uh, running with your ideas. Uh, and when they own it, they come back and we're just building better systems. And I think that's probably uh, where we are and why we're as successful with the back end kind of staff that we do have. Um, we've, we've had a ton of pitfalls um, and, and kind of learned from them and, and then built a new system, um, you know, kind of leading into that and new expansion, Sandy, right? You probably say that too, is uh, we've had great systems in place. And with the growth that we've had, that system is no longer relevant in a lot of the way we do things when it was like five, six agents. Now, when you're at 20 agents, that same system is kind of, you know, we kind of surpassed it really fast and you've got to re-implement things and, and find the, you know, asking by asking agents on, you know, hey, what's working, what's not working and being open to change. Um, I think those are some of the, the biggest keys to a successful team is like, hey, what may have happened and was successful with six agents to get to 20 agents, that whole, that system may be like totally revamped and modified to, to incorporate, Hey, how can we support 20 agents? And, and that'll be the same, like getting to 30, 40, 50 agents. Um, it's, it's a total modification all the time on bettering our systems or uh, taking ideas from other teams and people that we network with and, and just re-implementing those. So um you know, it's a big part of growing the team and, and growing our systems. They're, they're growing with the team to support as needed. Yeah. It's all, it's fun and kind of frustrating at the same time when they, when they break and you got to fix them or, you know, tweak things, but it, it's all in getting to the next level. And I think, you know, the more, you know, not everyone's got the same vision and how big they want to go with things, but I think I, we, we like to go pretty big, I think overall, cause it's, it creates more opportunities for everyone. And we've seen that even through our company with a different, model uh, different uh, businesses that have formed throughout that is is that's kind of what comes with that freedom too is it allows other people to grab opportunities that they see um sometimes to benefit the team sometimes to benefit you know the team and themselves maybe in a new endeavor or various forms of that that's kind of what happens when you get the right people too because they're 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 pretty motivated typically to to um to grow things and we always uh you know we talk about kind of um finding talent. I, I just want to go back on that quickly. Cause we, the three main things we look for really were um, humble, hungry, and smart, right? That's what we've talked about a lot and finding those really looking for those uh, characteristics when we're interviewing and talking to people. I think those are, I think those are really th the three biggest things. I, I don't know if, if you agree to that or if you look for anything else specifically when you're talking to new hires or potential hires, but those are huge, huge factors. If they don't have all three of those actually, to at least to some form and smart meaning more street smart really than book smart um 
it's tough, yeah. tough to have them be a success if they're not showing those those characteristics. Yeah, I, I I think we talk about that a lot. I mean, those th those three characteristics. Though, if I was to add one more, it would be grit. Um, grit is probably one of the biggest ones that I find uh, are the key indicators of success. Um, you know, I probably take example of an agent I hired previous. Um, if you look at two agents, one that comes from, hey, I live with my parents. Uh, I you know. Uh, you know, want to make a hundred thousand dollars, etc. I want to get into real estate. I'm really hard worker. I want to do this, this, and that. Or somebody who's moved out when they were 19 years old. Um, you know, has has an, a small apartment and and has to pay bills. And and now they're 24, 25, and they've been out on their own. Um, you know, which one do you think when their backs against the wall is going to come out swinging? And a lot of times, it's the one that's had to go through some adversity in their life. Um, whether that's experience, uh, whether it's negative kind of, uh, and turned into a positive. Um, and otherwise it's just, Hey, when you take that experience and it's, Hey, real estate's not easy. A lot of people get in the business and, um, they see the kind of dollars that kind of go around with real estate. Um, and then they get into it and realize that like, <laughs> there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes that people don't necessarily see. And the ones that normally come out and the ones that have been successful on our team and my teams in the past have generally been the ones that are gritty. They've they've had to get they've had to get to where they are by working really hard and and not a whole lot of things given to them. Yeah, I would agree for sure. There, that's, there's a reason why 80 plus percent of people are out of the business and uh, I think it's within 18 months or two years. Right. So um, it's it's tough. It's a grind at times. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes the one off once a year, maybe you get a, an easy deal of some sort and, and it comes together all nicely, but usually it's a bit of a grind and there's a lot of, a lot of um, ups and downs to it. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it, I think that's a little bit part of the hunger part, right? You got to be hungry, gritty to be, you got to be hungry to be gritty. You got to be motivated and want, want to see things succeed and see, see them through. And regardless of what roadblocks come up. Um, let's, let's talk about leading people and how you've uh, maybe learned lessons to that over the years and uh because it's one thing to bring on the right people and we talked we touched on this but what are some of the biggest things that you've learned through uh through leading people and helping them succeed i probably think uh you know i i don't know a lot of people out there i, I played junior hockey and and was a leader on my team and i coached junior at a, a really young age um 21 i was coaching junior hockey I, I feel like I've kind of, it's kind of innate ability for, for some people. Not everybody are born into being leaders. Some people grow into being leaders. I, I've always found that I've kind of, you know, had that kind of leadership ability. Uh, I think more so because I'm probably quite independent, um, not the most coachable. I know you probably don't want to hear that, but most people would probably, uh, you know, I, I like I like to go out there and implement things and do things. And a lot of times I, I like to be knowledgeable in areas that, are going to, you know, make us successful. So, um, you know, looking at that from a leadership perspective, I think probably one of the biggest qualities that we've talked about is, is, is allowing people the freedom to make choices and, and, uh, learn, not necessarily give them the answer. Like we have a lot of agents that come in the office and say, uh, ask a question and, and they just want the answer. And a lot of times it's like, well, have you done the research? Have you looked it up? Where are you going to find it? Um, you know, and they look at you like, but I know, you know, the answer. Well, I do know the answer, but if I just tell you the answer, like how is that going to make you a better person? How is it going to make you uh, understand more knowledgeable? I find when you make them do the work, um, yeah, sometimes there's times where it's like, yeah, here's the answer. But for a lot of these times, it's like, you know, let them be independent, give them guidance and uh, allow them, like I said, to the freedom to go out and 
um, get that experience and knowledge uh, on their own versus, hey, here's the right answer. Whereas a lot of people, just because it's easier and faster, um, you know, where do I get a zoning certificate, for instance, is a quick one. Um, that could be a simple thing for an agent, but if you don't know where to go or where to look, it, it's time consuming and, and may take a little bit of time and resources to find that answer. Um, I can tell you where to look and go get it, but if, if you go do it yourself, you're gonna learn more, right? And um, that's from an agent perspective, but and and from a team perspective, uh, I, I think you know spending time on yourself, growth. I, I wasn't always uh, a self uh, kind of into self growth, and I think Keller Williams really changed that. Um, you know, you and I kind of chat about that a lot. Like Keller Williams changes people. I think from a growth perspective and growth mindset. I mean, you know, we talk about leverage and team building, and um, you know hiring and firings and uh, being there for people uh, on teams. And uh, we have a lot of loyalty on our team because we've kind of gone through the trenches with, with people and um, opportunity, opportunity within teams creates leadership. Um, you know, we've had people that have been administrative staff, worked their way up to department leaders. Um, Anna's a good example too, right? Anna on our team uh, is now a, a TL. Um, gone from making 40 grand over the last two years to probably make a hundred grand um, not in the not too distant future and, and not just financially, like she's grown as a leader, right? She's gone from, uh, an independent admin to growing and leading a team. And with that comes, is it, is it reading books on growth? Is it following and being in the right room with the right people? Um, a lot of that comes, uh, comes into play on, on, from a leadership standpoint, um, you know, where, where most people can be and, and lead a team. Yeah, cultures cultures definitely huge in that too. And with the brokerage or with the team, you got to create and be conscious of what that is at all times, right? Because it's uh, it's 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 the stickiness I think a lot of, for a lot of people hanging around uh, for the long haul with the team or with an with an office brokerage. Um, I think sports is a big thing too. I think you know, growing and having that background can be pretty key. I think you learn a lot of leadership through that. Not necessarily just sports, but any like. Uh, groups communities involvement in different things growing up is a big thing i think that's that's something i certainly look for quite a bit in terms of someone's history if you're looking to hire them you know what have they been involved in in the past have they been with teams have they been or have they always been on their own doing their own thing that's a tough fit for for teams a lot of times right if they have experience working with people being in different communities clubs whatnot that that can really um you know teaches people how to work with people and be a team player which is huge in a team environment you have to have team players, right? It's got to be a, it's got to be obviously with agents, there's a lot of uh, self, um, like they do a lot of their own work a lot of times, like with doing the deals and stuff. And then, and it, it's a hard, it, I think it's very hard with teams in real estate specifically to have people bought into the whole team mission versus their own financial success. Right. I think have you seen a lot of that uh, challenges around that, I guess, in the past, I, I know I, I've seen that for sure in, in different people as they come and go off teams and our team at times too. Yeah. I, I think like as people mature and go into different roles um, that, that, you know, look, not everybody's perfect. Like we're like, a, I, I treat us like a family, right? Like uh, people come in and, you know, I know who their, their wives we're and kids as big are. As your family too. We're almost as big as <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 exactly. So, I mean, from that standpoint, I mean, everybody just finds a niche and in, in where they fit in within the team, and and not everybody needs to be a leader. Um, not everybody needs to be a follower. Some people fit in between and are the the people that are the grunt workers, and 
that's kind of what kind of, you know, in sports, we talk a lot about like different keys and puzzles and, uh, you know, to build a team, we need, um, you know, not all puzzle pieces are the same size, but they all fit together. And uh, when you, when you lay it out, that's what creates a great team. Right. Um, you know, you tell me, I mean, if you were to say, Hey, I want to put a team together. Um, is it everybody that has the same personality as you? Is it everybody that has the same mindset as you, or do you find a better team is kind of getting a little piece of everything? complimentary for sure right i think sometimes the best uh follower best leaders are actually like there's a hidden form of leadership in following uh following as a leader you know what i mean i think that's sometimes you see uh sometimes you see um you know even uh, i think about uh, like a canadian olympic team for example you know sometimes they and it doesn't always work out sometimes they they don't necessarily get all the top scorers in the league in the one team they they take a uh, I can think back to uh, you'll know the reference at least like a Chris Draper or Maltby and guys that they they bring in like third or fourth line type grittier players for those superstar teams because because they're complimentary. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's and that's the biggest thing putting putting the right people into key areas and and I think that's like you know for you and I and for myself and kind of uh, you know if you want to think of it as like a management role and, and kind of just overseeing, I, I never really look at it like that. I think like we come up with kind of a vision and, and we're more implementers on, on that system, but uh, fitting in key people in the right areas, uh, we go back to that hiring process. Um, I've gone to the process now is like, Hey, we have this position and this position available. Um, maybe two different, totally two different positions and two different personality types for that job. I go back to just hiring talent because any time, any talented person, um, that we hire, will be able to fill in one of those key roles, whether they have the experience or not. We can teach them what the role is. I can't teach them to be as talented as they are and go out and find resources and be independent and um, be leaders and, and want to grow and have that mindset of uh, I'm going to make things better and I'm going to do it however I can, right? Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, let's go over quickly a bit of, on our... Um meetings and stuff that we do as a team like how do we we've talked about like uh hiring people bringing them on forming a bit of a culture but how does that actually look in a day-to-day -day team environment do what type of meetings do you uh sometimes i don't even know the ones you're doing so <laughs> what, what type of meetings are we running regularly and what does that look like both with agents and admin teams yeah sure i'll start with our uh our uh, ops team uh our ops team meets uh the first Monday of, of the week, or sorry, not the first Monday of the week, the, the Monday of every week we meet, uh, we have a nine o'clock uh, kind of start and it's just a go over what your successes are from last week, um, things that you need to improve um, from last week, um, challenges maybe you've gone over, and then what's your goal for this week. And generally that's just a, hey, we're going to get things going, get, get the week off on the right foot. Um, I find that since we've implemented that, I mean, everyone kind of has that mindset of, uh, you know, it's set and their schedules are, are planned and ready to go for the week. And it's a great start. Um, as we go through the week, I have one-on-one -on -one meetings with each of our uh, ops team uh, leaders. Um, we have uh, other ops teams that fall underneath uh, the leaders, but I meet with the leaders and they meet with their teams um, from an accountability standpoint. Um, we just go over uh, their metrics. Um, if it's, uh, for instance, transaction, uh, ISA and client care, um, a lot of times it's they have certain metrics that they need to meet. And where we where are we with that? Um, some of them are, are hard uh, from a metric standpoint, from a quantitative purposes. Um, a lot of times, like for client care, for instance, um, 
you know, we look at, uh, you know, what are, what's our client engagement look like? Uh, how many people have gone to social media? Uh, how many referrals or appointments have we gotten from past clients, et cetera, for, for um, people that have reached out and talked to and testimonials is a big one. Um, and then it goes in from an ops standpoint. Uh, and then I oversee our uh, team leaders that, uh, so that's uh, leaders of teams within our hub. Um, and we meet once a week and we go over what their metrics and how their teams are doing and uh, what their goals are, um, you know, for the week and, and how they do, obviously, from an accountability standpoint. And a lot of times those meetings are uh, just straight quantitative, this, this, this and this for a number standpoint. Um, this many houses sold, this many appointments gone on, uh, this many contacts. Uh, and then we'll go over and if they had a successful week, it's kind of a short conversation. If it's, if it, they're not having the most success, a lot of times, uh, we always end the call, where can I help you and how can I make you better? Um, and sometimes that's not necessarily all from a metric standpoint. Sometimes it's like, you know what, I'm having trouble dealing with personality on one of my teams or two people on my team are having personality conflict. Uh, Sometimes it's just a quick conversation around uh, their leadership skills on where they want to be and where they want to grow and how they can help their teams. Um, in saying that, uh, then we have expansion. Obviously, we, we discussed. I have one-on-one -on -one conversations with them. Uh, those conversations are similar to the team lead conversations. Uh, you and I have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Normally, those are more of a visionary conversation on, hey, this happened. This has been implemented this week. This is what we look to do next week. We're implementing this. And so that could be marketing or uh, an event team event that's coming up uh, and getting systems in place, um, some changes that were made. And a lot of times that's just keeping a, keeping a pulse on things, keeping me accountable for uh, my day to day activities. And, and sometimes it's um, conversations around this person's not working out or this person's having huge success. We should look at uh, implementing them in another um, whether it's team growth or from an ops standpoint, um, looking at them, uh, you know, what opportunity lies for, for that person. Um, those are basically my day-to-day -day activities. And then from a team standpoint, uh, we used to hold a, a weekly meeting uh, once a week. Um, we find that with uh, where we are with numbers, that doesn't necessarily work because by the time everybody is in one room and we got 40 people on a call and maybe we're talking about a book we're reading or uh, things that have been implemented that meeting can go really really long and kind of get repetitive uh, week over week um, so we move that to once monthly so from an accountability standpoint we have a, a global team meeting once a month and a lot of that is just over review of um, activities uh, a lot of times our each each of our ops team has a, a five-minute conversation on uh, what's new challenges they faced kind of uh, similar to our accountability meetings but just uh, being open having a conversation with our team members and uh, again um, a lot of times uh, people have and host meetings like that and from an accountability standpoint um, you know they just roll and say this 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 and that versus I, I always like to end our meetings with an open conversation not uh, necessarily a um, you know, for lack of better words, a bitch session, but um, from, from you know, open dialogue on, hey, what are challenges that you guys are finding with our ops team? Uh, how can we improve for you guys? What, what would you like to see implemented? Um, sometimes it could be talks about uh, lead generation. How can we get that there? So those are uh, in a global aspect there. We have a, t a ton of accountability meetings uh, and, and those are kind of trickle down effect for team leads and expansion partners. Um, they have meetings within their teams globally too. Uh, on a weekly uh, basis and and 
you know, that goes along with all our other meetings throughout the week, whether it's a, a market update or a scripts and dialogues uh, and a lot of times lead generation conversations um, that we have throughout the week. And then training sessions uh, for our agents on uh, social media, uh, new platforms that we're using, et cetera. So uh, it's never uh, it's never a small feat on day to day activities. Uh, there's always something we can improve on. And um, and from an accountability standpoint, I think uh, everybody likes uh on our team we have i think the culture on our team has never been better um honestly i think uh everybody buys into to the team atmosphere and uh, i know you and i have chatted and our team leads have chatted and this is more of a partnership across the board um, with everybody uh, we're all in this together and we want to be successful together and growing together means there's going to be hiccups we'd be honest about it and um, not everything we implement is going to work out uh, we pivot and change and make the best and, and go from there. I know that's long-winded, but in a general sense, day-to-day uh, -day activities, uh, a lot of accountability and, and a lot of activities that keep us busy. What is the... Uh, 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 sorry, I, I was going to mention too, partners. I like the term partners too. When, you're, when people, team leads or other people commenting on their agents and stuff is always... Partners are a really good word to use, I think, in terms of like... You know, rather than oh my buyer agent, my listing agent, my showing agents, you know, they're not they're not exactly empowering words for those people to hear those all the times. I think words like uh, partner and stuff is a lot stronger. Even if re referring to clients, I, I when you're first starting out as a as a team too, and you start to pass on clients to different people in your team, you know, sometimes people struggle with that that handoff, making it you know, I think making that agent feel really you know, or making the client feel that that agent is very uh respected uh you know yeah, on ready. the same level on the same level right i mean yeah. that's the biggest thing oh you're going to deal with my buyer agent now and a lot of people think like oh okay i'm getting i'm getting your rookie or i'm getting your assistant yeah. and that's not the case like you got to build that person up like you're getting you're getting my buyer specialist my partner um you know i say that a lot partner i use that word because i like it because when i say hey i have my business partner he does all my buying uh, showings and then they get there and it's like, Hey, listen, think of it. Like, you know, you're going to go with a buyer specialist or, or a, a buyer partner. Um, they're in houses every single day, looking and viewing at these homes. I don't have time as a, a listing agent. Uh, when I was a listing agent to go in and, and look at all these buying opportunities. If you're looking to move into, you know, a certain address or school area, they've gone into 17 houses in that in that area why would you not want them with their experience to show you the property let them show you the property we'll have a discussion and then we'll go from there um i, I think that's a pretty good example of uh you know you want to you want everyone to feel like they're really important on your team because they are important on your team yeah well more on the meeting thing too so one one agent coming on the team let's say what, what would their schedule roughly look like um because i know some of ours are a little different but what would a, one individual agent on our team, how many meetings and stuff would they be involved in week to week? Uh, their meetings, I would say they have a, an accountability uh, meeting, a one-on-one -on -one session with myself. Um, they have uh, two, two mandatory meetings, uh, one on Tuesday, one on Thursday. One is a market update. The other one's a script and dialogues. Um, we have a ton, of, ton more optional meetings and uh, training sessions that they're involved in. Um, and then the one uh, team meeting per month um, that's mandatory. So basically, I would say uh, they have three meetings a week that are mandatory. And then plus the one global meeting that uh, is our MRN 
uh, monthly meeting. Um, but uh, other than that, I mean, uh, we've gone from, hey, be here at, be here at eight o'clock every morning to you guys want to be entrepreneurs. Um, we know uh, we want you to set your schedule. We want to be consistent. Um, each person on our team has a different GCI goal, a different unit goal. Um, we have people on our team that, hey, they really like to work out between 9 and 10 a.m. and then come in at 11 and they work till 8 o'clock at night, but they work their butts off while they're here. Um, I think that's uh, kind of uh, really probably been a big change in the last year is not so much uh, of a work environment and more of an entrepreneur environment like, but hey, we're going to give you all the tools to succeed. Um put your plan in place. And if your plan's not working, we're going to tweak it to make sure that we can make you sit and, and be a part of supporting you to be successful. Yeah, I, I agree. That's a, it's been a almost forced transition in a way this year with the, with COVID, but I think it's been a positive overall anyways. I think it's helped with, um, with the way we do things and made it, it inevitably is a little more virtual, which has got some challenges, but it's been from a perspective. I think it's been pretty beneficial overall, I would say. Um, now, uh, we're going to wrap up here pretty soon, but, uh, what are some, uh, what would be, you know, one thing that you'd really hammer home with someone who wanted to start out a team or was looking, you know, in the early stages of growing a team, what would be like the main piece of advice you'd give them, uh, to focus on? I would say to really spend time on your hiring process. I think, uh, a lot of us like to go on gut and, um, you know, uh, you, you hire somebody and you think because they got a good personality and um, maybe they match you a little bit and you wouldn't mind going out for dinner with them, that sort of thing. Uh, hang out after work, uh, you know, it's a great fit or, or even hiring a buddy, um, you know, or somebody, you know, um, for me, it would be really doing a due diligence. Most people that we hire on our team, unless there's special circumstances, uh, obviously, um, we, we go through a four or five interview process. So they go through a KPA, they go through an initial interview, um, they go through a, a secondary interview with myself, and then we go through a third interview with uh, just uh, basically a KW model, obviously, but challenge interview, and, and then obviously the uh, offer and letter of commitment um, interview just to go through. And generally that goes back to time, right? I mean, you wanna hire the right people. You're gonna dedicate probably six to nine months in a real thorough uh, hiring process where training is going to be really key and spending a lot of time one-on-one, -on -one. a lot of your time. What, what do you pay yourself an hour? Um, so a lot of your time is going to be implemented. And if you make a wrong hire, that's a huge cost and a huge waste of time uh, on your part. So for me, uh, I think probably the biggest change I've gone to um, where I used to hire by, by gut and by, Hey, feel um, where, Hey, I think this person's going to really work for me. Uh, it's now, Hey, there's multiple sets of people, multiple eyes on, on a hire. Um, you know, there's a lot of conversation and discussion about how was your interview? How was their interview? Did stories match up uh, kind of critiquing um, some of the answers that were provided, spending time taking notes while you're in that interview process. To me, that would be probably one of the biggest changes that I've uh, implemented, uh, even within my own business. Um, and, and then obviously within MRN, we've really solidified that hiring process. Um, it also helps with retention too. Sandy, you would know too. I mean, in the last four years, how many people have come and gone because we thought, you know, hey, building a team really fast is just getting as many agents on your team as possible to, hey, in January, 
um, you know, we've kind of rethunk and and brought in the philosophy on not everybody's a great fit for your team. And it's okay if, if somebody goes and joins another team, um, they're not always a good fit for our team. And a lot of times when we talk about culture within the team, hiring a bad fit and then having them on your team and killing your culture is, is devastating for, for growth on where we want to be as a team. Um, so looking back, uh, I would say that's, that's my number one thing is making sure you're going through a thorough hiring process. Um, where are you finding people asking the right questions, making sure you're doing a, a, a real good check and, and having two, three sets of eyes on an interview process and, and then making a collective decision to hire somebody. And yeah, and we have we have uh, we have that document. If anyone wants to reach out and, and uh, learn a little more about our hiring process, we could send them some uh, some stuff on that. I pulled up even just a few questions here that I had uh, I had a note on my desktop here on where you know what have you done so far in your life that you're most proud of? I really love that question. I got a few. I'll read through a few of them here before we check off. But uh, uh, I, I know we don't use these in every interview, but some of the really awesome. What have you done so far in your life that you're most proud of? They should be able to brag about at least one thing in their life. If they haven't done anything that that exceptional, you know, they should still be proud of something. If they're not, you know, they're maybe they haven't done anything worthwhile and they're they're not very confident. Yeah, um, big cue there too, Sandy, is if it takes them a long time to answer that question, right? There's really you there's really not one thing you're proud of in your life. Like what do you what else do you have going on? You can't answer that. I would way rather have somebody be like, Oh, I got so many things to talk about. Uh, I, I gotta only choose one. That's a great answer for me, right? Because I know they they have three or four things on their list that they want to tell me about because they're really proud of it. Uh, another one, like it's Friday, five p.m. Walk me through typically everything you do from from now till Monday at eight a.m. Um, I don't know if people answer that uh, <laughs> openly all the time, but it's but it gives me <laughs> an idea. It gives me an idea if they're if they're going out to to the bars or something every weekend, or they're maybe waking up early, working out, doing yoga, eating healthy, like. And there's no necessarily right answer between those depends on the culture you're building but um that gives you an insight into what they do outside of work hours and look for, uh, structure. Look for structure and routine there true yeah structure routine right. for sure yeah and then uh tell me what you value you know getting an idea of their values is huge does that do those things that they're going to comment on there do they are they in line with your own values your team values um what would you what what would you never want me to know? I don't actually ask that one very often, but that's an in interesting one. If people are open enough to share that, uh, a lot of times we haven't done this this year, but something really really cool that I know a lot of people do is take taking them and not just them, but especially for key hires, them and their spouses out for dinner to understand what they're like in a in a in a public environment, and um, and the spouses is spouse has an effect on them day to day. They're they're with them more than we are in, in the, in the business environment typically. So, you know, what is that person like? What do they do? What does their life look like? Because that's when they, we talk about that with Keller Williams sometimes in the culture and, and our team as well with the culture. And if they're in our culture that we're trying to, trying to create, and then they go home to a totally different, maybe a negative culture, um, that's going to affect how they show up at work. Right. Yeah. And if you wouldn't go for a second dinner, it's not the right hire. Right. Because there's some people you're like, I, I, we need to get out of there as fast as we can. I mean, that was awful. Right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. And it, that's why it's a good way. You get them loose. They, they're, they're a little bit looser on their morals and their values and conversation uh, when it's not in a work environment or an interview process kind of uh, environment where they're sitting down uh, at your workplace. I mean, you get them out and, and you 
kind of have conversation. You kind of get to know them a little bit better and maybe their values align with yours. Maybe they don't. It's a good way to do it. And it could be coffee. It could be lunch. It could be breakfast. It doesn't have to be necessarily dinner. It could be something, something similar, something where you get them in a bit of a more open kind of, you know, public environment, I think is, is, is the key there. Um, what's next, what's coming next with, uh, you or us. And, uh, wh what do we see in the future here for the next, uh, I don't know, next year, a couple of years. What are you excited about? I think uh, I think biggest thing for me is um, where our team is at. I mean, I think we've we've finally got I think five or six real key people in place. We've gone through a couple of uh, different processes, and like I said, I mean, you go from a smaller team to a bigger team. Changes happen not because uh, you don't like the people; it's just because systems and and uh, where you put importance on systems uh, changes. Um, biggest thing now I think is we have a huge base. I mean. Uh, our base of our systems has gotten to a really high point of uh, success where I think uh, agents on our team talk about it. Um, you know, teams, uh, other teams are talking about where we are and, and more importantly, our clients are talking about the service and, um, you know, kind of from testimonial standpoint on how great our systems are and each touch point was a great experience. Um, I think growth, I think uh, growth is the key factor going into 2021, 2022, um, you know, expansion teams. If there's uh, people out there looking for some of these systems that uh, we've chatted about, um, you know, I love to have conversations, uh, just e even sharing on what we're doing and, and if people are growing their own teams. Um, but growth is number one for me is, uh, you know, growing expansion. I think we can get five or six teams in the next year or so um, that buy into to what MRN's uh, doing and creating. And probably in the next two, three, four years, uh, I'd love to go to another province, uh, be Canada wide. Um, I think that's a, a big goal, but I think it's one that's manageable within the uh, systems we we have and, and where we're at. I mean, we can, I don't think we're too far off from hitting a thousand transactions. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, if others, you know, if people out there want to reach out to, to you or I about it, um, like you said, feel free. We're happy to share a lot of our stuff. Um, a lot of the failures, successes, all that stuff that we've uh, learned over the the uh, bunch of years that we've been working on this. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of failures. So we could definitely help some people skip over some steps. And we're more than happy to help with that. Uh, what's the best way to reach out to you if someone wants to uh, talk about this stuff? Yeah, you can reach us at uh, mckayrealtynetwork.com or you can uh, email Bo, uh, B-E-A-U at mckayrealtynetwork.com. Uh, or if you want a direct call text, uh, my number is 905-802-0879. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Bo, for uh, taking the time to chat here. I think uh, this has been fun. Uh, fun for me. I've actually talked about our own stuff for, for a little bit, uh, which... Yeah, it's, it's great to get little bit of a uh, pulse on I think people are always wondering what we're up to and uh, yeah. we feel a ton of questions about MRN and I love talking about us I'm excited about uh, where we are where we're going um, biggest thing I think too Sandy is what we've chatted about today is we're not perfect we're not the perfect team uh, we may not be the best team but um, we definitely have the vision to be um, and we pivot and we change and we make things better as we go along and uh, we do it in a real fast way when we know we're not on the right track so uh, I think it's led to a ton of success for our team and obviously with our growth and uh, we're seeing that. And I, I don't think our culture's uh, been better than than what it is today. Absolutely. And lots more to come. And if someone's out there running an awesome, big, massive team too, uh, or or is is on the same level as us type of thing in terms of uh, size or unit count or whatnot, I mean, let's, let's mastermind and brainstorm some ideas how we can all grow together. That's the point of the show. And uh, 
hopefully we shed some light on that for some others out there building teams or or already running teams and uh hopefully you guys got some great takeaways and we will leave it there and uh thanks again bo we'll talk with everyone next time yeah thanks for having me have a great day